Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, good night, wherever you are. Scott Luton and Kelly Barner with you here on a Dial P for Procurement episode right here on Supply Chain Now. Kelly, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well, Scott. We actually have a really fun, different session for people today. It continues to be all about the P. Today is not about P for procurement, though. It's not about P for purchasing, even. Today, we're doing payments and credit card processing. And who doesn't like payments? It is, uh, you know, it is, it's revolutionized uh, global business, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone these days, everyone, regardless of size, certainly if you're in supply chain, uh, the transactions make global business move forward. And a lot of those are payments processing, credit card That's payment right. processing, you name it. And we've got a uh, thought leader in that regard here today to answer all of your questions. Really, I think we're breaking up the conversation, Kelly, in two main veins, you know, how payment processing works and the power of payments in an episode uh, written by the one and only Ann Rice of Supply Chain, Global Supply Chain and Procurement, mm -hmm. Kelly Barner. We should note, Kelly, that of course, Style P for Procurement is presented jointly by Supply Chain Now and our, our dear friends at Buyer's Meeting Point. And we've been wrapping up a home run quarter uh, with our friends at Una, right? We absolutely have been. And very much following in the theme of what we've been talking about is that you know you can't have a good experience on one side of the fence and not have one on the other side. And I think this topic of payments kind of brings everything together because at the end of the day, global business hinges on that capital flowing from one set of hands to another. That's right. Excellent point there. So of course, if you enjoyed today's conversation, be sure to find us wherever you get your podcast from and subscribe. But most importantly, we want to hear from you today in the moment. This is live. This is not recorded. Uh, you can pinch us, but we're right here live in the flesh talking with you. We want to hear from you as we uh, chat through a conversation with our uh, two awesome guests, Jim and Chris, which we'll introduce here momentarily. But hey, really quick, Kelly, uh, as we see folks in our cheap seats, in our skyboxes, as we've renamed it, we see two of our favorites, right? Let's go ahead and call out two of our favorites. Uh, Azalea is with us, a new resident of the uh, great state of Tennessee. She says, Supply Chain Now fam, excited to be here for a dial piece. Had a, she had a change in schedule last week. Hey, Azalea, congrats on your uh, your new professional opportunity. We look forward to big things uh, continuing to come from you and Kelly, one of our favorite. You talk about perspective that's dropped in the skyboxes. Azalea is one of the best, right? She definitely is. And I'm glad you were able to be here this week, Azalea. Glad your schedule interfered with whatever was happening last week and not interfering with you being here with us today. You would have been missed. <laughs> always. She's always missed. Uh, and she says she has acquired some experiences lately. So we're going to have to check back in with her. Kevon is uh, with us once again uh, as he has coined the new abnormal that we're all working through. Kevon, hope this finds you well wherever you are and you, you continue to do big things in global supply chain. Peter Mathika is here with us. Uh, he, he's bringing the gun show to the live stream via LinkedIn. Hey, Peter, let us know where you're tuned in from, and thanks for joining us here today. We look forward to your POV. Okay, so... Oh, actually, hold on, Scott. Yep. Really quick, speaking of Peter, in absentia shout-out, got an RSVP regrets from Peter Bolay all night and all day. So this is Peter, as you're listening on demand, we already miss you, buddy, um, but I know you'll enjoy it on replay. Yes, he is here in spirit, undoubtedly, yes, he is. especially on any conversation that's dominated by procurement. So uh, all the best to our dear friend, Peter Bollet. Okay, Kelly, are we ready to introduce our dear guests here? I don't think the question is, are we ready? I think the question is, is our audience ready? Today's going to be a wild one. If you're not already, please sit down, move hot beverages and sharp objects a safe distance away. Just hold on to your hats because this hour is going to be something else. Oh, we're going to have a lot of fun. We've got some yeah, colorful personalities. That, and that's what makes the world go round. So y'all stay tuned. One more personality. 
That is right. (laughs) One more shout out. T-Squared is with us. T-Squared holds down the fort for us on YouTube. Thanks so much for being here. He says, looking forward to the nourishment. I have enjoyed your comments here lately, uh, T-Squared. Okay. So with no further ado, (laughs) we want to- Let's do it. Yeah. Let's let's bring in our our featured guest today. Uh, We're going to be welcoming Jim Luff, Marketing Manager at Chosen Payments, and Chris Lance, repeat guest, Senior Director at UNA. Hello, hello, Jim and Chris. How are we doing today? Doing well. Welcome, Doing guys. great. Thanks for having me on your show today. Really appreciate it. So, Jim, you had us all in stitches in pre-show as you're sharing <laughs> some of your experiences. And, and I wish we had three or four hours with both of y'all here today to get them all out there. But nevertheless, a pleasure to have you here. And thanks for making time as busy as y'all are. So we've got a ton of stuff to get into. And hello, M- Michael Hills. But uh, back with us. He was with us yesterday on the buzz. So Michael, great to have you back. We're going to dive right in. So up front, Kelly, you know, we like to have a lot of fun with this lightning round that all that isn't always in lightning style, but that's okay. We're going to pick and choose some of our best stories and some of our best questions here. And I want to start with you, Jim. So pray tell, we hear that you spent some time as part of your career journey as a luxury limousine driver. Now, with that said, we know you can't tell all the stories. You got a lot of good ones. You, you shared some early on, but give us an anecdote or two from that stop in your career. Sure. Um, you know, I, I spent 30 years in the limousine business and wow. I actually got into it quite by accident. I had a friend of mine who who called me one day and said, hey, can you, uh, would you be willing to drive a limousine on Friday night, a privately owned limousine? And um, I need somebody to to drive somebody in. And this is a private limo. And I said, okay. And I went to pick the limousine up from her office. It was an accounting office. I had no idea that later that night I would be driving the legendary country Western singer Merle Haggard. Wow. Um, wow. So I became Merle Haggard's regular driver on a, uh, you know, driving a private limousine. And that, of course, led to Buck Owens. I hail from Bakersfield, California, which is known as Nashville West. Right, right. So in my career, I've driven uh, people like Reba McIntyre, Garth Brooks, Randy Travis. Um, The list goes on and on. If they're country, they've been here to Bakersfield, (laughs) and I've driven them. The streets uh, of Bakersfield, (laughs) driven by Jim Luff. There you go. There you go. So, um, you know, really quick, Jim. Great song with Buck Owens and Dwight Yoakam. You know, it, you're right. And a lot of folks may not know. I, I didn't know really until I, I, I watched a couple of documentaries on Buck Owens. His legend far surpasses his time on Hee Haw, where maybe the, the nation uh, saw him. He was a absolute legend when it comes to country and Western music. Yes. And and here in town in Bakersfield, he built a, uh, a, a venue called Buck Owens Crystal Palace. And it is like a miniature version of the Grand Ole Opry wow. located here. So it's um, it's been closed since COVID started. Mm. But rumor has it, as of last night, that they're planning on reopening in November. But it really gave me the opportunity to, to do and see a lot and have one-on-one conversations with celebrities that um, was fantastic. I love it. Okay, I got to ask you one more question, and then I'll promise I'm coming to you, Chris. And by the way, Crystal says, yes, Jim has the best stories. I believe it. Hey, Crystal. Hi, Crystal. I believe it. We miss you and and the dog. But, Jim, did you ever ever convey any big-time wrestling stars like Ric Flair, you know, the the, the 13-time heavyweight champion of the world? I did not personally, but I had a contract with the WWE to drive all of their wrestlers when they came to my town to uh, be – performing at the local arena. But I would like to share my best story. And I'm sure that everybody listening knows Bob Hope. (laughs) Um, I got the honor to drive Bob Hope, which I grew up as a a child watching Bob Hope on TV and entertaining our troops. And he was really kind of an idol to me. So to be able to drive him was fantastic. But as we were returning to the airport from his speaking engagement, he repeatedly asked me if I could make him a Brandy Alexander. (laughs) Well, Folks, I don't know what goes in a Brandy Alexander, so even if I had all the ingredients, I probably wouldn't make it for him. Uh, And we were in a sedan. We were not in a limousine, (laughs) so there was no way for me to make it. But he must have asked me this about six times in in the span of a 15-minute drive. And I'm thinking, my hero, my idol, he's just lost it. He's mush. Mm -hmm. And we pulled up to the plane, his private plane, and he looked at his wife and he said, hey, 
did you get the check from those people for my speaking <laughs> engagement? And I thought, well, Bob, you remember the most important thing about why you came to Bakersfield, California. So that's my best story of driving celebrities and, and having that moment was wow. really famous. Legendary. Le the legendary Bob Hope. And Bob Hope clearly gets what he wants uh, in demand, I tell you. Jim, thanks so much for sharing some of those stories from 30 years. Gosh, in the limousine industry, we'll have to have you back on and dive in a little deeper in some other things that you couldn't share here today. Chris Lance, great to have. We love our repeat guests, and uh, we got a ton of feedback on your last couple of appearances here. Let's talk about any any big-time experiences rubbing elbows with the, the rich and famous uh, Chris Lance. Uh you know, every morning I look in the mirror and I talk to myself. I don't know if that counts. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought you were in our Anthony. book, it does. <laughs> yeah, no, all, all joking aside. No, I don't think I've actually I spoke or connected with any uh, A-list, you know, celebrities. But there are two instances because I grew up on the Connecticut, New York line. And so there were two instances. I remember being in New York with my dad after a Knicks game, leaving Madison Square Garden. I walked past Spike Lee which was just cool. We didn't talk or anything, just walked right past each other. And then um, the other time was at a very nice hotel, downtown New York City. It was Mike Tyson. And I saw him, Jim, getting out of a limo. Don't know if it was yours or not, <laughs> but uh, the large crowd and the face tat gave it away. Uh, oh. That's that's about it for me. Yeah. You know, Mike Tyson, man, back in the eight, late 80s, early 90s, when he was coming out to that ring, it was an energy that uh, that I've, I've seen very few times when it comes to sports. Uh, and, of course, uh, Spike Lee, uh, iconic. Uh, we're watching his latest documentary on HBO Max now. I'll just add one more, and Kelly, I'll promise I'm come, I'll throw the baton over to you next, is Micro. I had a chance to sit down with Micro a few weeks ago virtually, and you never know what, what you get when you interview folks that are you know wildly successful. But I'll tell you all, Mike was the same guy. And no, I'm not on a first-term basis. Micro was the same guy that you see him on anything on TV. He was just the same in a small, you know, private interview session. And that that authenticity is going to stick with me for a long time. So that's that's always cool when you meet someone that is um, that's doing good work out in front of the world, and they're they're just a fellow human. So with that said, Kelly, we've got two between Jim and Chris. We've got an outstanding conversation teed up here today, right? Really quick, Crystal, remind us the name of your dog that was the star. What? Louie is the VP of Snuggles. <laughs> That's right. Okay. All right, Kelly, take it away. <laughs> okay. So, Chris, your own personal little lightning round here. First question. Can you drive a limo? Uh, I want to say yes, but I haven't <laughs> attempted it. I'll have to ask Jim, like, is there very is there a big difference between You can do it. You can do it. <laughs> All right. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's okay. just a much Kelly, wider yeah. turn. Just a <laughs> wider turn. Second question. Have you ever had a Brandy Alexander? I don't know what that is, so I can't <laughs> say that I have. Not, not that There's I recall. Of us. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so so third question, in all seriousness, so you've been with us, or Una has been with us for multiple episodes now. We know Una is a group purchasing organization. We know Jim is in the community, um, on the provider side, he's with Chosen Payments. Just for folks that have either never worked with the GPO, or maybe just don't know Una and are coming to this conversation, how would you characterize the larger context in which Una and companies like Chosen Payments and folks like Jim work together. Give us just sort of like the lay of the land so people understand the dynamic between your organizations. Yeah, so so Chosen Payments and Una, we work together essentially to bring unparalleled value, right? So uh, we're aggregating spend, looking at very specific service levels, what makes sense for Chosen Payments, what makes sense for our members. And then our two entities or our two companies work together to shoulder all of that work. So essentially the members don't have to. They can say, hey, what's the offering? And we can essentially present Chosen Payments and Una's best foot forward on a regular and consistent okay. basis. And it does, it does extend beyond, you know, just lower pricing or payments and fees and things like that, which Jim will definitely do a good job hitting on, I'm sure. So. Awesome. So basically Chosen Payments is one of the companies that your buy side members would get the opportunity to work with as, as part of UNA. Absolutely. Got it. Okay. Awesome. So then in that case, Jim, We've talked about the value of the dollar, the importance of payments to people receiving them and, and also people making them. Give us a really quick rundown on sort of the basics of payment processing in the context of corporate procurement supply chain. 
Sure. Um, boy, that's that's broad, Kelly. That's really broad. Um, <laughs> okay, but you got 60 seconds. If anyone can tackle it, Jim Luff can. I promise. 60, that's right. 60 seconds. There are five parties involved in every transaction. All right. And to, to begin with, I have some credit cards laid out. I'm going to put my finger over my number so you don't see it. But this is a Wells Fargo visa. So that would be party number one. They issued the card to me. Party number two is you, the merchant. You are accepting my card. Party number three is a part that most people don't know of, known as the acquiring bank. Mm -hmm. Now, as merchants, and Kelly and Scott, you both talked about this, we want to get our money fast. And there's really no effective way to do that when you have Wells Fargo out there, you have Union Bank out there, you have Capital One. So the acquiring bank agrees to basically put up a short-term loan for, say, Union Bank. So Union Bank, I own this card and I do a transaction for $5,000. Well, an acquiring bank, one the largest in the world is called First Data. First Data is going to immediately put the $5,000 into the merchant bank account overnight. Chosen Payments is going to be in the middle as kind of a traffic cop between the buyer, the merchant, the funding bank, and the card issuer. And then we're right in the middle. So now Wells Fargo owes First Data that $5,000. So over the course of the next few days, First Data is going to go to Wells Fargo and they're going to say, hey, you know, we advanced uh, $5,000 on behalf of Jim Luff to ABC Merchant and we need to get that money back. So that's really how it all moves. But I really wanted to stress here that the funding bank or the acquiring bank is the most important key component in the transaction. Because if you don't have somebody to uh, give you the money upfront overnight, and literally if you're with chosen payments under the UNA plan, if you run transactions by five o'clock today, we guarantee the money's in your bank account by seven o'clock in the morning. The only way we can do that is to have an acquiring bank loan that money. Mm -hmm. So that's a, a quick high-end version of how credit card processing works behind the scenes. And it's sort of like, I mean, we use the phrase supply chain finance, right? Companies look for all kinds of different ways to ensure that their suppliers of all different sizes have the liquidity and access to cash that they need. And so something like this might be part of a supply chain finance program that somebody would put in place just to make those payments transactions processes faster and easier and get that money out to suppliers. Right. And, and that's really that, that, uh, that, that cycle, right. Condens condensing that cycle is so important regardless of the size of business. Hey, really quick before Jim, you're going to add something else. I should recognize Michael Hill. Learn something about Michael Hill. He played keyboards in a show band back in the day, and he agrees that Jim has the best stories. There's a championship belt for you, Jim, somewhere. Thank you, Michael. And Nerf is back with us. Nerf, appreciate you. Uh, your sense of humor as, as always, but but your expertise in supply chain. Great to have you here, Nerf. Okay, so Jim, you're going to add something else as we were talking about condensing these cycles, right? Yes, because you know Kelly was talking specifically about about cash flow and the movement of it. So, ten years ago, a credit card processor was probably just that they processed credit cards. Today. We have evolved to a point where, where we're involved in a lot of other things that make money move faster, including ACH processing. That is an automated clearinghouse process. And in the past, we used to speak of that as wiring money. I'll wire you the money. It worked good if you were from another country and needed to move money fast. But the same concept has been adapted through the automated clearinghouse that let's say, Kelly, I want to pay you money, but I need you to have it today. I need not, not tomorrow. I need you to have it today. So I can generate an ACH or automated clearinghouse payment to you from my bank account directly into yours. That's another service that Chosen Payments provides. But the really cool thing that we've implemented within the past three years is digital invoicing and digital payments. So in the past, we all know that when we wanted to get paid and we had one of our customers set up on billing terms, that you are periodically running statements in a month. Some companies do it every Friday, some do it once a month, whatever your thing is, but you know this. Number one, you're going to spend a lot of money on paper. 
You're going to spend a lot of money on ink. You're going to spend a lot of money on postage. And then you're going to sit and wait and wait and wait <laughs> until the customer does what they call AP day. And maybe they cut checks every Friday. Maybe they only do it once a month. Well, by switching to a digital invoicing system, which we offer, you eliminate all that because the ink is going to be printed on the end of the receiver who's getting the invoice. But really, there isn't even any reason to print the invoice anymore. And we embed right in the center of an invoice, click here to pay now. Love that. This causes the money, Kelly, to move 40 to 60% faster in payments because if you think about this, all of you that are listening right now, when we get an email, a work email, it is considered an action item. I don't care what it is. If it's a work email, you're taking some kind of action. And if you're like me, you want to be done with it. You want to get this email, <laughs> One and you touch. address whatever it is, and be done. Now, you have the ability to click a button and pay that invoice. I guarantee you, people are going to pay faster because they want to be done with the email. So, you know, whether you attach a bank account to that payment or you attach a credit card to that payment, we're seeing more and more people attach their American Express to it because let's face it, American Express has the coolest gifts and gadgets for points, um, <laughs> hotel stays, airlines, etc. So we really, you know, we really as a credit card processor have evolved into much bigger areas that allow companies to move money faster. Well, hey, really quick, I bet Amex should add a night in Bakersfield on the town with Jim Luff to that uh, list of rewards. That'd be at the top of the list. Uh, and by the way, Kelly, Amanda has looked up Brandy Alexander, which Jim was talking about earlier. Cognac cream de cacao. I think is how you say that. I don't know. Maybe not. A heavy cream is what we're after there. And we should say hello to our dear mutual friend, Catherine McCleary. Hello, Catherine, Catherine. Hope this finds hello. you very well. Okay, so Kelly, Jim is really dropping a lot of knowledge on us here today. Where, where yes. are we going next? So I think my, my last question for Jim, and actually first a, a note to the audience. So Jim, we have a lot of really famous people that watch Dial P every month. <laughs> so I would just like to extend the offer that any of you famous folks watching Dial P that have been in Jim's limo, if any of you would like to offer us gym stories, we will be collecting those through the live stream. And we'll also take them after the end. So anytime, no limitations on that. You just reach Love out. <laughs> Last question around the basics of, of credit card processing. We've kind of talked in the abstract. I, you know, I love the overview of how the money moves and all the players. But just to give us a sense, you don't have to name company names, but what are the types of companies that would work with chosen payments. So if I have someone in enterprise procurement, which of their suppliers might be companies that are working with chosen payments to expedite those funds? Well, my easiest answer to that would be all, but um, I, will be, uh, I will be more specific that, that chosen payments, we really try not to be, um, you know, marketing to the masses and trying to get the, the, you know, Bob and Joe that have convenience stores on the corner of their, their neighborhood because those aren't profitable for us. Mm -hmm. So we work with very specific niche industries. And one of them is associations such as UNA. We find that in this particular case, the sheer volume of members that UNA has allows us to apply a lower discount. And I would like to talk about rates before we go, sure. but we can negotiate rates on behalf of our members. But it's just like, I know that UNA, if I want to get, I don't know, let's say I want to get reams, cases of paper. The more paper I buy and the more other people buying paper through UNA uh, sources, the lower the rate is going to be very same concept for us. So we serve industries where we know that there's a lot of blank, whatever it is. And consequently, um, let me go back and say that Chosen Payments was my credit card processor in the limousine. And Chosen Payments has approximately 10,000 limo companies that they process credit cards for. Bless be the ties that bind, Jim. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> And, and, and so uh, limousines is one. Another really kind of odd, but there's a lot of them, is funeral care providers. Mm. That means cemeteries, funeral homes, cremation facilities, 
And then from there, we get into a whole subset of casket sellers, body bag sellers, uh, embalming fluid. So it's a very, very large industry. I got to tell you, my first uh, convention in the funeral industry, I probably looked like uh, deer in the headlights. <laughs> well, you know, Jim, it, it, it sounds like a niche industry, but at the same time, it's like toilet paper, right? And we all we all know what how big that's been here in recent years. Everyone has that that other bookend event in their life, right? So, so naturally, it's got to be big business, Jim. Yes, and and so um, we do jewelry stores, but we really, I mean, our real niche is working with associations that have lots of members. And it's a whole lot easier to go and, and find, you know, somebody like Chris and sit down and, and make a partnership with him and then let, let Chris and Crystal sell our product on behalf of us. So then they come back and say, oh, you know, we have 45 members that want to use you today. So it's an easier sell that way. But we really do deliver a service that is vital, including credit card processing, ACH payments, merchant service loans, uh, contactless payments, digital invoicing, so much. Options, options, options. Okay, you mentioned Chris. Kelly, I know we want to we want to pull Chris's expertise in here we too. Do. What's well, next? I was I was just going to jump in there real quick too because those those two items that Jim just mentioned, that's actually been especially the last 18 months, that's been probably the largest area of inquiry we've had. It's been digital payments and contactless payments, which I kind of remember pre-COVID being able to walk up with your phone or walk up with your wallet and just place things. And I was like, oh, it's, that's cool, right? But once COVID hit or once we got through there, we're still getting out of this this, this pandemic, it's it's everywhere. Um, and it's, right. almost, it's almost like a new standard now. Even some of the vendors just from our internal processes, our invoices are coming over in, in a very digital form, click here, pay. And then It'll open up and it's, do you want to do an ACH? Do you want to sign here, add a card? And so I see the value internally for us and more and more business are really, businesses are really starting to access the contactless payments and the digital payments as well. Just well real said. quick, real yeah. quick, 70 contactless payments went up 71% during the pandemic. Wow. 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 Seven yeah. one. Okay. So Nerf, by the way, we're talking national pepperoni pizza day yesterday on the buzz. Nerf <laughs> says, Hey, I'm sending a bunch of pizzas to a secluded island for the ultra rich. Can you help me with the financing all on that? Uh hey Nerf. Nobody could drive the pizza over. That's right. <laughs> Nerf's in the Norway, man. The island. <laughs> so far away. Driving to islands. <laughs> got a couple of great questions from Azalea, but I want to make sure, Kelly, I know we've got a, a bunch to work through, but Azalea, we're going to try to circle back to that here just momentarily. All right. So, Kelly, uh, a lot of information. I, I'm a little bit slower than all three of y'all, so I'm still processing. Uh, no pun intended, but where are we going next? Um, so next, one follow-up for Chris. I actually think this is an important point for us to make because people that think they know what a GPO is, and what it offers them and what they should look to it for may have actually been really surprised over the last 18 months to find out that something like payments processing was available, right? People think of the typical indirect spend product and service categories as being associated with the GPO. From your perspective, and, and Crystal, you're also welcome to chime in. I, I know you're here with us. This notion of becoming part of a member community, which I know is the way that you talk about it, you really have an opportunity to become sort of a, a first tier set of resources because a lot of things changed over the last 18 months in ways that people had to figure out how to handle it overnight and they didn't necessarily know they needed these things. Right. So do you find that as member companies at UNA discover new needs, they would turn to you and say, hey, Chris, I have this new business problem. We've never need to satisfy this before. Is this something you ever hear? I mean, I have to think it must be very rewarding for you to be able to say, yeah, we have all of these other partnerships that maybe didn't bring you to Una, but that you can benefit from now that you're here. Is that a, a conversation you end up having? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, again, we're, we're not necessarily the experts in all of these different categories, but we do have the network to tap into those experts, whether whether it be through vendors and Jim himself as an expert, right? Or whether it's tapping into other members and seeing what they're doing, how they're defining success and how they're exceeding, you know, their own internal expectations. So, you know, we've, we've seen as obscure asks as, Hey, uh, what's your, 
COVID policy is supposed to be. It's like, well, <laughs> that's a little different. You know, what state are you in? But yeah, a lot of times, a lot of members will come to us and say, what are what are other ind- what are other mm-hmm. businesses in our industry doing? Uh, where can you help? And you know, interestingly enough, credit card processing, we're we're really talking about fractions of pennies that add up to very very large sums. So a lot of times, you know, a lot of businesses they tend to look at it as that's too much to tack too much to tackle. You know insert chosen payments. You don't have to tackle that. They're, that's why they're here. That's that's part of their value add. So that's an excellent point. You know, it brings them on, Kelly. You know, no one wants the major in the minors, as the old phrase goes. However, as Chris just points out, those minors can add up quickly where it's a massive opportunity, right? Absolutely. Chris, any other categories of spend or or I should say products or services that were sort of surprise areas of focus or increased interest? either over the last 18 months, let's say, or even now indications that you're starting to see going forward as we go back to this, I forget, what was it? New normal, Scott? How did Nerf, Nerf The new it? abnormal the is new what abnormal. Uh, Kevon has, has uh, themed. I think, I think the, the, the biggest thing that I've noticed, um, and I don't know if it's uh, maybe humility at play or just everybody's turning over any rock possible, but there are more and more very, very large organizations reaching out even using us as a, you know, a tentative price check um, and then looking at some of these savings like, wow. So GPOs actually can benefit a two to five to $10 billion organization. Yes, absolutely. We can. Right. But typically, you know, before COVID, when, when the bottom line wasn't necessarily as, as important as the top, that was, that was very, very different conversation. Whereas now it's, yes, please help. Uh, you know, I need to look at all of these categories and you know, specifically in plastics, right? With the cost of resin and oil and gas, you know, everybody's looking to be as creative as possible. So that's that's the biggest thing that I've noticed as far as uh, a temperature change in, in some of the, 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 the businesses we're working with. Yeah, and it's those wise companies. I mean, I came up through procurement in retail mm-hmm. and we always used to have this expression that if you watch the pennies, the dollars will manage themselves, exactly. right? And so just being a big company, just having a lot of money doesn't mean you don't have to watch those pennies especially if they're distributed across however many you know transactions you're processing a year payments coming in or going out it's always an opportunity yeah all right so we've got some great questions from Azalea I want to I want to go ahead and pose one of these if I could Kelly going back to Jim really quick uh, Azalea is asking about chosen payments retention do you often work with associations 10 year 10 plus years or do you jump to the current business? that kind of rank you know, as, as trends shape associations. Can you speak to this a little bit? Sure. Um, so our, uh, our retention rate currently runs at about 90%. Nice. Uh, so we don't lose people very often. And I can tell you that our association with the National Limousine Association began 10 years ago and has been, you know, we went from uh, sponsoring a meeting to now being more of a $35,000 main corporate sponsor. So we like those relationships to grow and develop and to become stronger. We're very selective in the industries that we go out and choose, preferring instead to continue developing relationships that are existing as opposed to mass marketing outside of what we've already built. Love that. I really appreciate the great question and uh, your response there, Jim. Really quick, Peter Bolay all night and all day is back with us once again. And Michael yeah. Hill, thank you for asking this question. We have too many acronyms, but GPO Group Purchasing Organization, right? So, Michael, thanks for asking that question and keeping us on our toes there. Great to have you. Okay, Kelly, where are we at? I'm, I'm, I'm keeping count, but where are we at now? Where are we going next? So we're actually going to start talking about the power of payments themselves. We're going for literally as many P's as we can get into this hour as humanly possible. Well, hey, really quick, when you yeah. when you said that, did anyone else, did, did He-Man with the sword, I have the power come to mind? Because <laughs> that's what this second half of the live stream is going to be about, right, Kelly? Yes, of Jim, course. that's right. He's wielding Excalibur <laughs> there, folks. All right, so the power of payments, Kelly. The power of payments. Jim, given that you are working with the companies that most of the folks in corporate procurement would think of as suppliers, what is it that happens to your customers when large companies take too long to pay them for products and service that has already been not only invoiced, but in some cases delivered? I am so glad that you asked that because so many people, um, so many smaller businesses 
don't really see how important that is and the direct negative impact it has to their bottom line. So as you're aware, we are in a constant state of inflation. So what you paid for gas last month is probably not what you're paying for gas this month. The same as meat and every other product that you buy. So let's just talk on really small terms that you did an invoice for $50 and a company takes 90 days to pay that bill. Well, when they do pay that and you actually receive the check, the money is worth less value. It has less buying pow power because even if you did a $50 transaction and $20 of that was going to be your net profit, that same $20 90 days later will not buy you as much as it would have 30 days ago or 60 days ago. So getting paid promptly is, is really um, a very important part of running your business. Along that same line, Kelly, um, you know, people, I, I see people say, well, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to accept credit cards for payments because I have to pay a percentage of it. Mm. Well, I guarantee you, depending on who your credit card processor is. I know that for Una, the rate for Visa transactions is negotiated down to, I, I believe it's like 1.5% of the transaction. Wow. For a merchant using Square or PayPal, they're paying 3.5% flat. And so that money's gone. But I guarantee you that if you take a payment 90 days late, and they did put it on a credit card, and even though it cost you 1.4%, you're still ahead of the game. Yeah, so it's a it's a time value of money, right? You talked about inflation. You've waited that amount of time. You've had to either pay the people that perform the service or paid for the materials, the inventory that went out for you to fulfill the offer. So it's the difference, if I'm getting it right, between working with a payments processor to help bridge that time, partially by compressing it um, and partially by, by working through the financing, and then just plain being smart about how much you actually pay for those digital payment services. Right, and and I, I mean, every, every business is a little different and every business will have to evaluate it from themselves. One thing that we do um, as a service for UNA members is we'll say, give us your last two months of credit card processing statements. We wanna look at actual transactions mm -hmm. and then we'll tell you, had you been with us in these same two months and in theory did the same exact transactions, here's how much it would have cost you to use us through Una or whoever you're currently using. And, and actually I'm gonna say we're so strong on that that we have this, this crazy offer, I think it's crazy anyway, that, <laughs> that if for some reason we can't beat an Una member's current rates, we pay that member $500 on wow. the spot, cash. That is no a crazy offer. Buy, no gimmicks, <laughs> it's just what we do. I've, I've been with the company for six years and that's only happened one time in six years. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're pretty confident about that. But, you know, I think that many merchants and I would say, Kelly, that along these lines of where you're you're leading the viewers, I, I wish we could do it by show of hands right now. How many people have actually looked at their credit card processing statement in detail in the last year? So, so Jim, yeah. we can. So folks in the skyboxes, put a put a one in a quick comment and send it. And we're going to take a tally of who's done that. And by the way, Azalea is enjoying the points you're making. She says, I know a lot of restaurants and businesses in her hometown that will not accept credit cards because they won't pay the fees. But that inconvenience draws many young customers away because in her follow-up point, after COVID-19, I feel like I use cash even less than before. And then one other quick comment, Michael Hill, back to GPO. He says, I love TLA's three-letter acronym. I had to look that one up, Michael. Uh, so nice job there. So uh, did I that's throw true. One out? Yeah, please. Did I did I throw one out? Did oh, I no. Acronym? No, we were talking GPO a minute ago. So uh, three-letter acronyms. I had, to, I had to ask them what that was, too. <laughs> Good things come in threes. I had but to no. ask them. Are you Una? Are you Una? Are you UNA? <laughs> what are Yeah. Uh, Oh, hold, hold a sec. We have got Majesty with us in the skyboxes. Phil Addison, Art of Procurement, is with us. He says, I was just in Europe. Many retail businesses are now refusing to accept cash mm -hmm. and are card only. I imagine this is coming to the U.S. soon. Nerf says, I only use chocolate-filled golden coins to pay for <laughs> my stuff. 
<laughs> but you know, to that point though, I, less cash usage is that yeah. kind of y'all's experience? This panel's experience, or are y'all using cash less too? Definitely. So, I, I feel like I am, but I, I actually prefer cash. That's just a personal preference, right? But what I'm seeing more and more, though, it's just it's not even just the simplicity. It's just the speed, uh, being able to get in and out and go. And then I agree with what Phil has to say, though. I think that will be coming to the U.S. very soon. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. And we'll get back to a couple of comments in a second. Kelly, I know I'm going to ask Chris about Una here in a second. But what else? What else? Um, well, we, well, we have Jim here, and we're all learning – I think we're getting a certification in credit card and payments processing with these two. What else uh, would you like to ask for? I, I pose a couple of questions to Chris. Sure. For, for both of you guys, I actually have a few questions about how understanding whether it's the benefits of belonging to a GPO or it's the benefits of having a, a payments processor. You know, large enterprises are so focused on starting to work with small businesses, hub zone based businesses, we need to be very aware of how our operational procedures and systems and processes affect these suppliers. So Jim, starting with you, is there something as, you know, too small? Is there a supplier that you would consider too small to benefit from being part of chosen payments? Um, you know, how might we think about that if we work for a large company and we're trying to help small localized hub zone based businesses into our enterprise network, we're sort of the sweet spot that we should be thinking. You know, for, for us, and, and that is a good question, that that we um, we do have merchants that we turn away, that we just say, you know, we, we really can't help you because the volume level is too low for us to really, um, as Chris mentioned earlier, we're talking about pennies on the transaction. So for us, merchants that are, that are typically generating less than 25,000 in a month, in credit card transactions, they're not ideal candidates for us. And there's <clears throat> a high likelihood that we would be no better or worse than their current provider. Um, so it's not, you know, I, I guess that would be our breaking point for small sure. businesses. Do you but, ever have would, companies that try to connect you, sort of provide you as a solution to their suppliers? I, I can actually see the advantage of that to a company finding out that chosen payments exist, not necessarily needing it themselves, but saying to suppliers, hey, look, this is gonna make it easier for you to send us this digital invoice where I can just hit the button and pay it. Do you ever end up having relationships that way? Yes, um, and I can tell you, we do track that as well. Um, you had asked me about retention earlier, mm -hmm. and I can tell you that our growth rate, um, we, we attribute a growth rate monthly of 8% to direct referrals that come from our partners that require no marketing effort on my part. Um, they're basically just dropped into our lap and call us and say, hey, we were referred by blank. And, you know, that does happen. Chris, were you going to jump in there? I didn't want to talk over you. Well, no, I was, I was going to say, but that's kind of the what Jim was saying is, you know, there, there may be, unfortunately, right, you know, merchants or, you know, groups that are entities that may be too small, but going back to his path forward, right, is if you can find other like-minded or like uh, similar businesses and you can approach an UNA, right, we can start creating or forming these groups to position it to where it does make sense, you know, for chosen payments and they'll be able to receive that same or similar types of value. That's that's very true. And and I appreciate you bringing that up because I miss that, that, that if we have, if UNA delivers 20 merchant to us, that are all at the $25,000 level, then it becomes a different game because it gives us more negotiating power with the card brands, MasterCard, Visa, American Express to say, hey, you know, we're, we're representing um, 419 people here and, and it gives clout where, you know, if I bring one merchant, went to Visa and MasterCard and tried to negotiate it, it would be amusing to them. Right. Economies of scale. And folks, uh, Jim, I'd love for you to be negotiating our contracts. Do you do any contract negotiating? Uh, but you could be, it'd be quite a lucrative opportunity for you. Yeah, I don't do those myself, <laughs> but we do have contract negotiators in the house. But I bet Jim can bring the hammer. Uh, I gotta, I gotta share a couple of quick comments here. Azalea says she only pays in bubble money. If you have any SpongeBob fans out there, 
Uh, Peter says cashback credit cards are where it's at. Uh, we had two folks respond to you in particular, Jim, when, you, when we talk about um, auditing their payments. So Rhonda Bumpenza Zimmerman's back with us, Dr. Dr. Bumpenza Zimmerman. She says, yes, look at my statements and rarely use cash. My credit score report is important to my financial health. And also, uh, Peter says, I go over my credit card statements all the time. So uh, a lot of com other comments I can't get to quite uh, right now. But but Chris, I want to, as we kind of turn it down the home stretch of today's live stream, mm -hmm. you know, one of the big takeaways I think we're all going to have here, especially if you look back at our last three live streams, is just the, you know, the resources and the experts like a Jim Luff and, and, and really uh, in so many different areas that uh, Una brings to the table. So, so talk, talk a little more about the feedback y'all, y'all get from your, your clients in this regard. Well, so here's the thing. I think uh, more and more pricing while it's still important. Um, it's, it's, it's not the, the only focus any longer, but I'll also say that your response times, transparency, service levels, mm -hmm. those are, those, no, those are almost no longer viewed as value add. It's almost like an expectation. You know, mm -hmm. if you, if you have a, you know, a ridiculous response time or poor customer service levels, you know, members will just leave them immediately. Um, so those are expectations, but what I'm seeing more and more being requested and is not so much an expectation yet, is it's the, the ability to integrate into current processes or current systems. And that's where I think that chosen payments really comes to deliver because I actually look to fill that gap. Here's, and they're very transparent with it. And like, no, we can't do that, but here's what we can do. Here's the value that we'll bring. Here's the, here's the value that you'll see in just one year, two years, three years, and how that compounds. And they're really good at providing that education in a way that doesn't almost come off as disparaging, right? Because again, we're not experts, but we're responsible and accountable for all of these very large dollars. And so Jim and Chosen Payments, that's again, that's one of their sweet spots. But that that would be what I say is is becoming more and more um, close to an expectation. But the ability to integrate, you know, into current processes or or systems. Excellent point. Any follow up to that, Jim? Yeah, you know, it, it uh, Chris reminded me of a story that that while the story is three years old, it still had so much emotional impact to me that I carry it with me today that we received a call in our tech support center, which is 24 seven, 365 days a year. We received a call from a panic merchant. Mm. It was Thanksgiving day. She had a store in a mall, a clothing store. The next day was black Friday. She said that her cash register, her, integrated cash register that ran credit cards through the cash register was broken. And she had been trying to call, I'm not going to say the name of the, the cash register company, but it was really their problem, not our problem. But she called and said, you know, tomorrow's Black Friday. And I mean, as you can imagine, for a retailer three years ago, Black Friday was everything for them as far as significant income. And she was unable to run credit cards. So on Thanksgiving Day, our techs worked for three to four hours with her and had her system up and running when she opened at five o'clock in the morning for Black Friday. And I think that when choosing a credit card processor, you know, what Chris is talking about, customer service is so important. It's not just about the rates. It's, it's not just about what we do, but it's about how we do it and when we do it. And for us, it's 24 seven, 365. You know, Jim, to that point, I can imagine that that month, had y'all not done that, certain bills for that retailer would have gone unpaid, uh, whether it's for the family behind the business or the business itself. So that's such an important lesson or story for you to share. And I really appreciate you doing just that. So Kelly, when, when Jim mentioned he had a story, I, Jim, I had my popcorn <laughs> diet cut ready to go for some more limousine stories, but man, you kind of, you threw me for a loop with uh, one that kind of tugs at your heart. Kelly, what, we got a few more minutes with Chris and Jim here, before we're going to ask the question, how how we can connect our yeah. our folks with them, uh, what else do, would you have to say? Sure. So I actually want to ask Chris a, a question very similar to the one that I asked Jim about working with smaller companies. You know, being part of a, a GPO group purchasing organization does not necessarily create an issue. So that if a company were to say to its suppliers. Hey, listen, you know, we feel like your rates are high. Let's work together to understand your costs. 
Do you have member companies that are reaching into what, at least in procurement, we would call tier two, where they say, okay, I'm a member of UNA, but I think these strategic suppliers of mine should also be part of UNA because it both directly and indirectly helps reduce my costs. Do, do you have that kind of same situation where, you know, Jim and I talked about other people referring in? We do. We do. I mean, in short, yeah, I, I, we definitely do. I had a really good thought at the beginning of this, but I lost it listening to to the rest of your question there. But, but no, we, we definitely do. Um, what I what I would say is, up oh, there's my thought. I think the world right now has kind of had enough of of change management. So what I've noticed is a lot of people taking notes on, oh wow, okay, so that's an option. Let me circle back. I mean, it's it's as often right now where someone will say, hey, I'm interested in credit card processing. Yeah. We'll go ahead and we'll capture that information and bring it back to them. And it's like, here's the information. You're ready for the conversation. And it's actually no, because now I need help with this, 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 this. It's moved to the front of the line, which is in procurement. That's kind of just another Tuesday, right? Um, but at the same time, that's where I think that down the road, some of the success stories that we are seeing through chosen payments will actually go into more of those vendor supplier type relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And and Jim, the, the one other topic, we knew we had too much to get to today, but <laughs> the one other topic that we didn't get to that I do want to make sure everybody in the audience has an opportunity to benefit from your expertise on is chargebacks. So this is back to sort of you're educating us what are chargebacks and how do they work and, and why should the people that have joined us today sort of understand that? Great question. And it goes again to customer service. Um, whoever your credit card processor is, you want to ask them if they offer chargeback assistance. It can be very complicated, but let's start with what a chargeback is. A chargeback is basically when a cardholder disputes a charge on their statement. The number of reasons for chargebacks vary from defective product to um, in, we've seen as ridiculous as the hostess didn't smile when she presented the check. Um, wow. I mean, people do chargebacks for all types of reasons, but the, the, the really bad part about this is any one of us on this call, any one of us that's listening to this call can initiate a chargeback for any reason and just call American Express and say, you know, I don't want to pay for that. And what happens now is they take it off the bill immediately. You're issued an immediate credit while it's being investigated. On the flip side of that, if you're a merchant, you have the money removed from your account the same exact day. And the money is put into, let's call it a theoretical bucket. And we're gonna hold it in that bucket until American Express or Discover or MasterCard or whoever decides whether Kelly's right or I'm right as the merchant. And then whoever is right is going to get the money back permanently. So Kelly could get something from American Express that says the credit has now been made permanent or I as the merchant could get it. Now, there are a couple of things that I wanna make sure that I really mentioned with chargebacks. Number one, always respond to them. Never ever ignore them. Even if you concede to it, if the customer says, you know, I ordered a dark blue and I got a light blue and you don't want to fight with it. You want to just say, okay, you can have your money back and keep the light blue product. It's fine, but you need to write back and say that I acknowledge it because if you don't, what it appears to to Visa or American Express is that you got caught doing mm. something wrong and you're not going to acknowledge it by writing a letter and saying, this is why I did it. You're just going to ignore it. You get five or 10 of those and they'll kick you off the program and you won't be able to take credit cards from anybody regardless of who your processor is. It's called a, a NACHA list. Wow. And, and I, I don't really remember what that stands for, but it stands for you don't get to take credit cards as a merchant. It stands for don't do it. Don't do don't, that. Don't do it. <laughs> but, um, and the other thing I want to wrap up with there is that if you get a chargeback, um, the first thing that you should do is contact your credit card processor and tell them that you have a chargeback. In most cases, we would be contacting you first and saying, hey, Scott, we see you have a chargeback coming through for a transaction last Friday. What do you know about this? And then we go to work defending you, just like an attorney would. And we'll tell you, we need this, we need that, we need. And you know, today, uh, most merchants don't know since March of 2016, you don't even have to get a signature on a credit card transaction anymore. It's not required. Right. 
Most merchants still do it, but we would ask you, if you have a signature, send it. If you have a copy of the order form, send it. If the order came by email, send us the email correspondence. And then we basically begin a defense for you and we present it to Visa and say, our merchant did this, 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 and this, and they're entitled to the money. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna tell you, we win nine out of 10 chargebacks. Can I ask a quick question? So sure. that's that's a lot of work. Who would who would primarily be responsible for that? Does that does that just kind of fall to who? Who who handles that if they don't have chosen payments for for assistance? So most most credit card processors do have a chargeback okay. department mm -hmm. where they have people that are um, you know, I'm not going to say they're lawyers, but I'm going to say they're they're pretty apt at gathering evidence and presenting evidence in a logical way. And and while I personally don't work in the chargeback department of chosen payments, I guarantee every time a limo company gets a chargeback, Jim Luff is roped into it, and they say, <laughs> you know, take a look at this, tell tell us what your thoughts are, and and uh, you know, in some cases, I have to just say, well, you know, that's not not one we can win, but in most of them. I mean, most chargebacks are fraud. Most chargebacks, the number one cause of a chargeback is somebody saying, hey, I have a charge on my bill. I didn't get the goods. Buyer's I never remorse. Yeah, buyer's remorse, I'm sure. Well, uh, I hate to end the conversation here. There's so much more we want to get into, but we'll have to have you both back. In the meantime, though, Kelly, I want to make sure folks uh, in our Absolutely. community, in the skyboxes and beyond, knows how to get in touch both with Jim and Chris. Jim, let's start with you. How can folks connect with you and Chosen Payments? So if you want to connect with me, my email address is jim.luff, that's L-U-F is in Frank, F is in Frank, at chosenpayments.com, or I got a super cool phone number to, to give you, which is 855-4, the number four, chosen, 855-4-chosen. Man, I thought we were going to, I, I was, I was like bracing that. for quite a creative <laughs> flow number there, but we'll go with four chosen. Thanks so much, Jim. I, I love the creative, colorful, uh, the stories. Um, you know, yeah, it, we got through all the heavy lifting, but I really admired um, what else you brought to the table here today. Uh, Chris Lance, our dear friends at Una, we've enjoyed this last three-month uh, stretch here of, of highlighting y'all's thought leadership and some of the folks in your ecosystem. How can folks connect with you and Una? Uh, so if it's me, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, Chris with a K, Chris Lance, um, or, you know, or my, my email, my person, my direct email is Chris. So K-R-I-S at Una.com. Um, I'm being inundated right now with a lot of businesses needing some help. So, you know, hit me up on LinkedIn if it's just more conversational. And then, as, you know, if for just general, you know, strategy assistance or, hey, tell me more about Jim and Chosen Payments. You can just go to Una.com, sign up for free, and we can schedule time to connect there. I got to throw in real quick that Chris's yeah. partner, Crystal, Crystal, who's on the call right now, Crystal also hails from Bakersfield, California. <laughs> That's right. right. That's right. And, and by extension, Louie, one of the executives <laughs> at UNA. <Yes>. So uh, <laughs> big thanks to you both. Jim Luff uh, with uh, Chosen Payments and Chris Lance with UNA. Thank you so much for your time. Thank we look you forward to reconnecting soon. Thank you. A pleasure. Thank you for having us on. Wow, that was a, a rock and roll to that steal was a term from. Fast hour. Yeah, it was a fast hour, and I think you know we had a lot to cover in an hour, but I think there was something there for everybody, right? I mean, even okay. charge. I mean, from chargebacks, which of course retail is a big player there, to just how payments processing some of the opportunities mm -hmm. for no matter how big or how small or or you know all points some of the opportunities there uh, from the expertise that Jim and Chris was sharing, and of course way back at the front the stories were wonderful. And that's just, I can assure you, we, yeah. Kelly and I can both assure all of y'all, that's just scraping the tip of the iceberg. Oh, not even, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, so Kelly, we're going to be signing off here in just a second. Thanks all uh, to all the wonderful comments and we couldn't get to everybody today. I do want to just call something out really quick. See here, if I can go back to way back up here. Peter was giving Rhonda a high five because... Rhonda Bumpenda Zimmerman, who's a regular here with us in our conversations, was giving away mental health care sessions for truckers last week as, as part of National Truck Driver Appreciation Week. And if that's not giving forward and doing good and being the change, then I'm not sure what is. So big thanks uh, for that, Rhonda, and thanks for calling out, Peter. Okay, Kelly, your favorite part, your favorite part from this conversation with Jim and Chris today. Okay, so this is for you, Azalea. I think as corporate procurement, 
gets into working with a more diverse group of suppliers, that's location, it's ownership structure, it's the size. If there is any aspect of business that someone says, well, how does that work? And you think, imagination, <laughs> you're not doing a good job managing the potential. You're not doing a good job managing relationships, right? You may work for a large company and think, we don't need payment processing. But if you don't understand how it's affecting your suppliers, if you don't understand how it impacts them to not pay invoices on time, please pay your invoices on time. <laughs> it's, it's a mistake and it's going to end up doing brand damage. It could disrupt your supply chain. So I would say we have an opportunity and a responsibility to educate ourselves. Um, nothing can be left up to imagination. We need to know how it works. I love that. I'm just got to ask you, Kelly, that imagination, was that a, was that Towley from South Park? Was no. that, oh, that's, fun rock. <laughs> that's when you pay in for bills with your bubble money as a layup. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, we could have so much fun. That sounds like your impersonations may be as effective as mine, Kelly. I don't know, but Hey folks, enjoyed a great conversation. Uh, love the leadership that Una has got going. Uh, we've had some wonderful Absolutely. guests. Jim is, is a man. He is a dynamo. We'll have to have him back on with us soon. Um, Kelly, of course, how can folks connect with you and the buyer's meeting point dial P team? Um, easy to find on LinkedIn, Kelly Barner. If there's a lot of red. You'll know you're in the right place. Buyer's meeting point is mine as well. Of course, check out art of procurement on website, LinkedIn, Twitter, all of those places. If you're looking for interesting thoughts about any aspect of procurement, we are where you will find them. That is right. And hey, you're going to find us here, right here every month. The third Tuesday of the month is Dial P for Procurement Day on Supply Chain Now. So Dial Peers, come join, bring your POV, and really appreciate all, all the comments that was dropped in here today. On that note, big thanks to Kelly Barner. Big thanks to Clay and Allie and Amanda and Jade, all, everyone behind the scenes that help makes production happen. Folks, I uh, hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I have. If you do one thing, though, hey, be like Rhonda. Do good, give forward, be the change that's needed. And on that note, we'll see you next time right back here on Dial P via Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at SupplyChainNow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.